Good morning. It's 11 minutes before uh, 8 o'clock. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. 20 more Sitkins tested positive for the coronavirus yesterday, based on information added to the city's COVID dashboard. All but one of the patients were experiencing symptoms at the time of testing. The patients vary widely in age from a child under 10 to a woman in her 80s. 77 of the patients are in their 30s. Contact tracing is still in progress for most of the cases. So far, two of the cases are listed as secondary, meaning they had known contact with a COVID-positive patient. One case is tied to community spread. Public health officials have not yet specified how many of the newest wave of patients are unvaccinated. The 20 new cases push Sitka's total active count to 67, and the rolling case rate is now the highest it has been since the pandemic began. As of Tuesday afternoon, six patients were hospitalized at the Mount Edgecombe Medical Center. In response to the dramatic surge in COVID cases, last night, the Sitka Assembly heard a report from EOC leader and fire chief Craig Warren and search chief medical officer Dr. Elliot Brule. Warren and Brule said that the new peak has been driven mostly by unvaccinated cases. They also said that the EOC now recommends all Sitkins, vaccinated or unvaccinated, wear masks in public. This partially diverges from current CDC guidelines, which state that fully vaccinated people can resume most activities without wearing a mask or physically distancing. But the CDC also says vaccinated Americans should still mask when required by federal, state, local, or tribal laws and regulations, including local business and workplace guidance. Voters in this fall's municipal election won't get to weigh in on a new marijuana tax after all. When the Sitka Assembly met last night on a split vote, it rejected a ballot question proposal to levy a new tax on cannabis retail products. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The consumer sales tax for marijuana would have levied an additional 5% tax on cannabis retail products. The Assembly approved it on first reading in June. The revenue generated from the tax would have gone to the Sitka School District's Student Activities Fund. Public comment on the tax proposal was divided. Mike Daly, a cannabis business owner, said the new tax would drive away customers. He said that the local marijuana industry had been hit hard by the pandemic and didn't have access to federal relief programs that other businesses did. I mean, everybody got money. We didn't get anything. We suffered just as much trouble as everybody else. But we got no help from anybody. You know, I'm all for supporting the kids, but to put the whole burden on three small businesses, we're just little mom and pop businesses. We're not big marijuana corporations like everybody sees on TV. We're just mom and pop operations. Sitka High School Athletic Director Rich Krupa spoke in favor of the tax proposal. He said while he was thankful for the money the school receives from the city for activities every year, it isn't enough to cover the rising costs. Um, there is no longer a ferry in southeast Alaska, more or less, so we're flying. Our students still fundraise. This has a possibility of lowering that fundraising uh, to all the local businesses who have gone above and beyond and hardly ever say no to our student-athletes. When it came time for the assembly to deliberate, just like the public, the group was divided. A vote in favor would put the proposal on the municipal election ballot this fall, and the voters would get to decide. Member Kevin Knox, who sponsored the proposal, said he wanted the public to weigh in at the polls. I guess, uh, you know, I would like to see this just, you know, go to the community, have the, a full debate within the community so that people, you know, can 
decide whether or not the community can decide whether or not this is appropriate and uh, and meaningful to the community. But Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis worried that if the voters approved the tax, the money it generates could be subject to the whims of future assemblies. It does scare me that we could put a ballot proposition in front of the voters that says we're going to put a tax um, into a, a dedicated fund and within a month after the tax passes, a, a different body sitting at this table could change where that, that money goes, um, in essence, going around the voters and, and their wishes. Ultimately, the measure failed on a 3-3 three to -three vote with members Kevin Mosher, Valerie Nelson, and Mayor Eisenbeis opposed. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Several hundred Filipino Alaskans from around Southeast gathered at Centennial Hall in Juneau this week to get much-needed services from the Philippine consulate. After two years and a pandemic-related delay, the consulate's mission from San Francisco means Filipinos in Alaska can finally visit their families back home. KTOO's Pablo Peña has more. A line forms behind a table in the lobby of Centennial Hall where Filipino Alaskans are waiting to get services to renew visas, passports, and apply for dual citizenship. Masked volunteers take the temperature of each person before they enter the main hall. The Philippine Consulate's regional office is based in San Francisco and serves most western states from Colorado to Alaska. Typically, Filipinos who need services have to travel there to get them, but a visit like this saves them a lot of time and money. Nora Carrillo is a volunteer and also applied for her dual citizenship in the Philippines with the consulate. It is nice for him, for them to come over here and uh, do the dual citizenship instead of us going in San Francisco because it takes a lot of time and plus it's expensive. So we are really thankful for them to come up here. Rebecca Carrillo is the honorary consul to the Philippines in Juneau. She says the consulate's visit had been originally scheduled for last year, but the COVID-19 pandemic halted those plans. As a result, there was a backlog of people in need of consulate services. For us here in Alaska, many Filipinos, Filipino-Americans, who would otherwise just be able to fly to San Francisco to receive services in person, were unable to do so, um, uh, thereby... Um, increasing the surge um, in the volume of calls at the Filipino consulate. She also says that travel restrictions to the Philippines meant that Filipinos in Alaska couldn't visit their families back home. There was a period when uh, foreigners uh, were not allowed to um, be issued visas to travel to the Philippines under certain five conditions, uh, which include if they are a parent of a uh, Filipino child with uh, disabilities, whether they're serving on a humanitarian mission or their um, business. Edric Carrillo is president of the Juno-based Filipino Community Incorporated. He says several hundred people from around southeast Alaska were in need of the consulate services. He says the consulate's visit means that the Filipino community in Juneau is recognized alongside bigger communities in the country. That a uh, small community of, you know, 30,000 plus people can, you know, rally together enough to get that level of recognition really, you know, is a testament to the community here and in other communities in Alaska. Consulate General Neil Frank Ferrer led the mission and says he's happy with the turnout. The consulate, uh, prior to the pandemic, has been making uh, 
uh, Alaska as a priority for the outreach services. But now uh, that the pandemic is more or less uh, under control, uh, I intend to uh, come to Juneau and to Alaska every year. The Philippine consulate is in Fairbanks this week and will be in Anchorage on August 26th. In Juneau, I'm Pablo Araspeña. A 16-year-old from California visiting Alaska for the first time took home the top prize in Wrangell's King Salmon Derby. Trevor Acker hooked the winning Chinook on June 17th near Found Island, south of Wrangell. It weighed in at 36.9 pounds. Acker won the top prize of $3,000 for the catch. This was the first year since 2017 that Wrangell ran a King Salmon Derby. Planned derbies for 2018, 2019, and 2020 were switched to target coho salmon over concerns about king salmon returns in those years. The community was able to host a king salmon derby this year by changing the timing to fit within current, more restrictive sport fish guidelines for the area. And, says the area's sport fish biologist Patrick Fowler, those guidelines were actually made more restrictive over the course of the derby, as region-wide sport harvest of king salmon was overshooting the target set by regulators and the Pacific Salmon Treaty with Canada. So after looking at that kind of early season data and looking at how many fish were being landed in the various ports, basically determined that we needed to change sport fishing regulations in order to keep the sport fishery within its allocation. Fowler says a full look at the makeup of king salmon populations won't be available until the end of the season, but he says that preliminary harvest data from the department's creel samplers shows that fishing has been similar to last year in terms of places fish are being caught, and also number of kings caught by sport fishermen. For Wrangell's King Salmon Derby this year, Found Island, where the winner Acker caught his prize fish, was the most successful spot. Three of the top ten fish were reeled in near Found Island. With the derby wrapped up by, on June 30th, Fowler says he's looked, looking ahead to the later part of the King season and the July 15 opening of District 8, the waters surrounding Petersburg, Wrangell, and the mouth of the Stikine River. By that time, our Southeast Alaska wild stocks and you know, Andrews Creek, Stikine are largely have passed through the fisheries, so we have, have less concern about um, our harvest on those stocks. Uh, but yeah, so I guess all that to say is, well, kind of be monitoring our harvest through the rest of the season, and there's always a chance we might have to change sport fishery regulations again in order to keep the sport fishery within its allocation. Increase opportunity if, if we have a lot of uh, fish left on the table. In total, derby organizers say they sold 316 derby tickets and weighed in 51 fish over the course of the 15-day derby. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and that has been Raven News. Right now, it's currently 53 degrees under overcast skies here in Sitka. Taking a quick peek at our community calendar, one more event listed for this evening, Trivial Minds, a pub quiz trivia 